Throughout history, there are many unsung heroes. One of the biggest ones comes straight from the 90s. This gaming system revolutionized the whole video game industry and has never had its proper thanks. So let's get right on to this. One of the greatest companies of all time. My earliest memory of the Sega Genesis was um, probably like, you know, 93, 94. It was one of those Christmases. Now, I don't know how far in advance some of these games were released. So I'm probably going to go with 94 solely based on the fact that I received NBA Showdown 94 that year. So, um, you know, normally every Christmas I would get uh, Ninja Turtles or those shitty racing games where... You know, you build the track and they just go in circles and they took like 8D batteries just to power those little things. Um, or, you know, some sort of shitty clothes. I mean, what kid wants clothes for Christmas, right? So one year I got a, a fairly uh, large box. I opened it up and the first thing I noticed was the red and black. And it had Sonic 2 in the corner. I was just so happy because I only had the NES, the Nintendo. And according to every mother in the world, every gaming system to this day is still called a Nintendo. I'll never understand why, but I remember getting that that box and I received, like I said earlier, NBA Showdown 94 and uh, Sonic 2 came with the system. And also, I got one of the greatest, actually the greatest football game of all time, the Tecmo Super Bowl. That game is so timeless. Um, I know some of it was ridiculous. The potato, the I'm sorry, the football looked like a damn potato. You can throw from end zone to end zone, and then when you got tackled, everybody looked like they fused and melted together somehow. God, I love that game. And you only got three plays to choose from. Actually, like yeah, by three or six maybe. Um, it was just, it was just great. Like, I mean, it's one. It's just so simple. It was a great game. I feel like everybody should play that at least once. Um, and the original one, because I know that they had some revamped ones and they removed all the team names. And, you know, you don't get Bo Jackson anymore. OJ Simpson's not on there. The Houston Oilers, uh, the, the, the Raiders, you know, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those, uh, those relics from the past. But I remember also that there were so many add-ons to the Sega that I would see at Blockbuster or I would see in the Toys R Us uh, paper ad and I remember wanting them all but they were just seemed too much to ask for uh, I know that when you connected the 32x and the Sega CD which one again once again the Sega CD come on let's think about this ahead of its time they were using discs before discs come on the 32X, you had 32-bit games uh, a little bit before the 64. And when you put them all together, it kind of reminded me of like when uh, the Power Rangers Zords would come together to make the Megazord. That's exactly what that looked like. I'll never understand why there were so many add-ons. But it's just one of those um, things to where you would see it. It looked really cool, but you didn't really appreciate it until way later on. And that's where the rest of this uh, this talk, this discussion I'm going to have with you today is because a lot of things flew under everyone's radar and Sega gets no credit for. 
Now let's dive into the first one. And the first one's actually the Sega Mega Modem. And that came out in 1990. Now let's think thoroughly about this. Whoever was working for Sega was thinking in 2021 in the year 1990. You were able to plug in a modem to your Sega and play with your friends online. Now granted, there wasn't so many games to play. But you know, and you know the a lot of a lot of bad things about it was we didn't get that in the United States. Uh Japan and Brazil are the only ones that received the Sega Mega modem and it didn't last too long. But it also became the precursor to one of the coolest things in the year 1994. And it's once again, it's one of those things that Sega will not get credit for. And that is actually the Sega channel. Now, if you don't remember the Sega channel, here's a quick commercial. Got a Sega Genesis? Cool. Want to rule your friends for the rest of their pathetic little lives? Then call now to get hooked into Sega Channel. The coolest way to get your games. You'll get wicked new stuff that's only on Sega Channel. Up to 50 ripping games a month for less than 50 cents a day. So get a phone, get a parent, get them together. Because if you want Sega Channel, they've got a call. Get hooked in to Sega Channel. That's right. Someone in Sega thought to stream video games and use it as a service. Now, once again, I'm going to say this so many times throughout this podcast episode. Sega was way ahead of its time. Everybody in that company was thinking way more in advance than they should have. To think that you can plug in some sort of device on the back of the Sega which connected to your cable wire... You had to call your cable company and let them know that you wanted the Sega channel and you had to ask for your parents' permissions, kids. I've missed those commercials that used to say that, by the way. But they let you stream video games, 50 games at a time, to be exact. You actually, you you had demos. Um, They even had, like, cheat codes. They would update some of the games, you know, once a week. Think about that. Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Xbox Game Pass, the Nintendo Online, those services owe everything to the Sega channel and its creators, to be exact. It was just one of those things to where I think Sega was way too ambitious for their time and no one was ready for it. And no one was ready for the price either. Um, To think that people were complaining in 94 about $13 a month for this service just sounds absurd. They just, uh, I mean, $13, think about $13 right now. It's like, Oh, who gives a shit about $13? Half of my meals are $13 and just, that's just for myself. But $13 in 2021 is the equivalent of 28, $28 for a streaming service. None of us pay that for any of our streaming services, not, not, not any of your Netflix or your Hulus or Disney Plus. None of those cost that much money. So I can probably see why uh, people didn't take to it. But if it wasn't for the Sega channels, um, you know, capabilities and, and how powerful that, that, that service was, cable companies wouldn't have cleaned up all of their broadcast signals because... It was taking up a lot. It was, you know, cluttering all of their signals. So they had no choice 
but to, you know, clean everything up, you know, make sure everything was clear to play video games. And then it also put a lot of these companies into high gear to make high speed Internet access. So in a way, we kind of owe quite a bit to the to this uh, this innovation, this invention that no one should have been thinking of in 1994. Let's keep this going, shall we? Let's keep this moving along with the Game Gear. Now, the Game Gear was one of those handhelds that I didn't see too many people have. It was uh, one of those... Uh, it, it just was really huge and, and lunky to carry around, and I can understand. And to be honest with you, the Game Boy is you know, iconic and it has every right to be. But I always felt like the Game Boys were just a small step above those Tiger games. You know, the ones that had like X-Men or Jurassic Park or some sort of shitty racing game. Those, uh, you know, those the ones you couldn't play in the dark. And, uh, and that's pretty much how the Game Boy was. You couldn't play it in the dark. It was green. The, well, actually, the screen was green. And I, there was a lot more accessories for that one just so you can actually have some visibility to it. And one of them was the the light accessory or the the magnifying glass that you just got to slide over the top. Later on, it came with a, a printer so you can take pictures of the, the Game Boy camera. Yeah, sure, I get it, you know. But the Game Gear improved on all of those things. It actually brought a color screen. You, yeah, sure, you got to use batteries with it, but it did have an auxiliary cord to where you can connect it to the wall and play it without the added without having to have a pack of batteries next to you or a drawer full of double a's so the game boy the game boy you know didn't have color or any of those other things until way later you got the game boy color the game boy advance so i i get it you know nintendo kind of fell behind on that but one of the coolest features that no one knew about is the TV tuner for the Game Gear. And that means that you can connect your TV to the Game Gear itself and play your games on a TV. If you really think about it, somebody's doing that right now and they're making it seem like they came up with it and it is the Nintendo Switch. Yep, you got to, you know, you have a handheld, you plug it into a device that connects to your TV and then you can play it on your TV. The only big difference between the switch and the uh, and the game gear was the fact that you got to disconnect the controllers off the sides so you're welcome Nintendo you need to thank you know Sega for all of their uh, their their shortcomings another innovation that came from those great minds was the Sega activator now that served as a way better version of the Nintendo Power Pad, and we all remember the Power Pad where you got to play track and field on it, and everybody's just, you know, jumping along on this uh, this weird pad that felt like a like a windsuit. And but with the Sega Activator, it was an octagon that you stood inside of. There was no pad. It was like kind of like a hula hoop looking octagon thing, and you know, transferred all of the moves that you did into the in that, you know, small space on screen. 
I remember seeing it at the mall and they were doing like a like a demonstration for it. And this kid was in there just whooping ass on Eternal Champions. And I just remember, wow, that has got to be the coolest thing. And then I never saw it again. Is that one of the things that, once again, they're thinking way too far in advance. Because I think I remember Xbox doing that with the the Kinect. Where you got to play games and you got to, you know, the camera kind of mimicked you. Yeah, sure, it's kind of a little bit different because it wasn't something you stood inside of. But come on, it's the mid-90s. Who was really, once again, I'm probably going to say that quite a bit. Who was really thinking of these things? No one. No one. No one at all. And then in the year 1990, we're going to jump back a little bit. Sega came out with 3D glasses. That's right. No one knew about these things because I'd never really seen anybody have them. I remember seeing a lot of these things in the toy ads. They just didn't fly too well. But they did have 3D glasses and they had one game. And after YouTubing some of these uh, games that it had, I think it only had really one, to be honest with you. It looked pretty damn good in 3D. It was, uh, you know, obviously it was a, a 1990s game. So, you know, a lot of the, 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 the graphics were still 1990. They didn't think too, that far ahead, but it was really cool looking. I mean, the Sega glasses, it, it had all these cool features. And like I said, who was thinking of these things? No one was. No one was. I remember um, they had uh, the Virtual Boy, which is basically, uh, you know, kind of like 3D glasses. And then, you know, I remember 3D technology came around for TVs. And yeah, sure. But it wasn't the, the 3D that we're thinking of. Not for like Jaws 3D or, or uh, Friday the 13th 3D where it had the blue and the the red lens these were clear lenses and kind of looked like those old people sat uh you know the big sunglasses kind of like the eradicator superman glasses and you play you put them on and you played 3d games who was you know who in the right mind like what were these people on but once again like i said way too ambitious another i i'm not gonna say another you know because the sega saturn was was one of those just off-the-wall systems that nobody bought. Then the Dreamcast came along. Now, the PS5, PlayStation actually as a whole, owes a lot to the, the Dreamcast because the Dreamcast actually had a screen on its controller. Wow, right? Uh, once again, nobody bought the Dreamcast. But I remember my friend having it at his house and you were able to play online with that one. And you were able to talk trash to people. This is way before the times where everybody's mom was getting, you know, destroyed online by all these little kids that said, well, your mother does this or, you know, your mom does that. And all of us old guys are losing to these young kids talking shit to us and always replying with, isn't it too, you know, isn't it too late for you? Shouldn't you be in bed, little kid? You know, those little shitty comebacks that we all had back in the day. And I, I still feel like I may use some of them these days, but the kids are a little bit more vicious with the mom jokes. So I just sit there and cry for, for about five minutes. I'm kidding. But once again, way too ambitious. Way, way too ambitious. People were not ready 
for a lot of things that Sega was pushing out. They were, you know, the, I think a lot of these, you know, these innovations bankrupt, you know, this company. It was just one of those, like, how do I explain this? It was more like, I think they used all their money on all this shit and they couldn't do anything anymore. Um, Sega did go under. Nintendo reigned supreme, so they, I'm going to give Nintendo small bit of edge because they stayed alive, you know, even after the, the debacle of the Wii and uh, the GameCube, which was pretty cool. But I'll, I'll never forget the Sega Genesis as long as I live. Another uh, small little memory I'm going to share with you is uh, every time we go to Kmart or Walmart or Target or, you know, those other stores that had those games in the cases where you got to play them. I remember, you know, thinking to myself, I got to get to these cases before all these little asshole kids got there. So my mom would bring us in and uh, I would tell her, hey, I'm going to be in the video games. Uh, just find me when you're ready. But one of the worst things I could have ever told her to do, because I remember playing the Sega, looking up at that screen, hurting my neck. But I remember I also remember a whole bunch of kids being, you know, in line behind me, waiting for me to to play any games that they had, because that was the only TV that was always working. So I'm there playing, you know, in my mind, you know, saying, fuck all of you kids. And then my mom shows up. Hey, let's go. And I'm like, hey, hold on. And all the kids start laughing at me. And I'm like, mom, get out of here. And then she would call me by my full name. And uh, the kids start laughing even more. I remember fucking punching the air all pissed off. Mom, why are you doing this? And well, you know, I already bought all my bras. Just embarrassing me to no end. And, uh. I just remember just, I miss those days. I also miss going to Toys R Us and getting that little card, that little piece of paper that you would get and take it to the front desk, not the front desk, the, the cashier, and they'd bring you the game. You know, regardless if you like if you like Nintendo or Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, we all have vivid memories. We all have great memories with each one of these systems. And I know that they were always all competing. It's always Xbox versus PlayStation or the, the, the 90s console wars with Nintendo and Sega. Uh, there was so many wars back then, I guess. So many uh, pop culture wars. But we all kind of carry a memory, a great memory of, of just video games in general. I don't care how cool you think you are. You do have a memory. Like, let's not all act like we didn't, you know... <laughs> give our younger sibling a controller that was disconnected and only to tell them that it was disconnected when they start talking trash to you i remember doing that to my brother playing mortal kombat he's like i want to play i want to play so i was like all right cool i gave him a disconnected controller well my dumb ass put it on hard and i was getting my ass beat and this dude starts talking shit now in my mind i'm thinking and eh, fuck this kid like, wow, you know, I'm about to ruin his whole life right now and tell him that he's disconnected. And then I thought, nah, I'm not. So then I, I tell him, you know, hey, go get us some Capri Suns or whatever we had in the fridge. And I would connect his controller and wreck his shit. And then I'd laugh in his face. So, you know, we all have great memories of both of these systems or any of these systems. So... I just want everybody to to give thanks to Sega for being so innovative when they shouldn't have to have been. 
for being way ahead of their time once again. I don't know how many times I've said that in this whole episode, but Sega deserves everything. Sega deserves all the accolades. Nowadays, all they are, they, they license their their characters out or they'll come out with the, the little Sega Mini, which is garbage and because it's like four good games and like 18 shitty games that nobody's ever heard of. But Sega was and is the machine of the future. Uh, they were the company of the future, to be honest with you. And, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of these companies, they really deserve nothing. I, I kind of think about it sometimes, like when I try telling people, like I always have this debate with one of my friends who, you know, swears by the Nintendo, uh, the Super NES, because the Super NES and the Sega were going at each other at the time. And he's always like, well, Nintendo had good games. Yeah, sure they did. They had Metroid and they had, you know, whatever other shitty game that I can think of on their Mario Party. Um, you know, and we were all, he was always like, well, those games are way better than anything Sega does. Yeah, but did they really have all the innovations? No. Sure, Star Fox was cool. And I even used that as my theme at the beginning, if you didn't know. And I do remember Nintendo trying to trying their hand at being you know, creative and making Mario, uh, was it Mario paint? Yeah, that was cool for its time. Who cares? Does anybody use it these days? Nope. Does anybody hey, say, hey, thank you, Nintendo, for giving us Mario paint. Now we're going to use the Xbox with the mouse. Nope. Nobody cares. So before I keep rambling on about nothing, you can catch me at slash underscore vision underscore TV. On Instagram, you can write me messages, tell me about your video game memories, um, tell me how wrong I am and how many times I repeated myself in this episode because today I ran without a script. I, I know a lot of people like to be professional and and have bullet points and and you know write out everything that they want to say and, and this time I didn't. I just went out there and you know tried to wing it as best as best as I can. Right? I, you know, there's a lot of flubs in this this whole thing. Um, don't forget to rate and review. And until next time. <laughs>